0: Welcome to Epignosis, the teaching ministry of Chris Morgan. May the light of God illuminate your heart and may the truth make you free as you listen. Throughout the history of humanity, war has been a recurrent event from time to time. Nations have gone to war for various reasons, aims and objectives. It has been for dominance, for resources, for revenge. However, I must say that the most frequent reason for which wars have been fought on this planet has been over the differences in beliefs systems. Nothing has caused more conflict in human history than religion. No wonder when Christ was on the earth, he said he did not come to bring peace, the sword and true to his word, swords have continued to swing in the name of religion. As these wars have raged from one generation to the next, one thing has also continued to happen alongside the fighting. War has been known to bring so much ingenuity from nations. In their desperation for comparative advantage, nations have directed huge resources for the development of better weapons than their enemies. At the beginning they had only their hands and bodies to use as weapons in a conflict. But as humans became more and more desperate to have the upper hand, sticks and stones were deployed. Then the bow and the arrow was invented and then later That same drive made them discover how to smelt metal and make swords and spears. Then the shield and the defensive apparatus which they wore to give themselves a better chance of survival against their enemies. Then one day in China, somebody discovered an explosive powder. This was how war changed forever from a contact affair to firing cannons at your enemy from a distance. Then later, they reduced the size of the cannon and made it into rifles that individuals can carry. Then they reduced it further again in size to pistols that can be concealed. This went on and on to the Second World War, where they now involved planes. In war and from there all the way up to the atomic bomb nuclear weapons well you know the rest with drones and other technological developments three things have always happened with the development of these weapons the first is that whoever developed the latest weapons always won the war because it gave them comparative advantage The second thing is that no matter how hard they tried, they could never keep the technology to themselves alone. Other nations always eventually acquired the same technology. And the third thing that always happened was that they always found civil uses for these technologies, which eventually became of huge benefit to mankind. So from sticks and stones all the way down to nuclear weapons and drones. There has been very positive uses for the same tools which were initially imagined only to use for destruction. Herders ended up using the sticks to shepherd their flocks. Everyone knows how important knives and cutlasses have been to arable farming. Hunters use the rifles to hunt game to feed people. Miners use explosives to reach the minerals faster than before, and most of the power generation in Europe for years is nuclear power generation, which would never have been possible if the atomic bomb had not been built. In an ironic way, had these wars not been fought, humanity may not have had the drive to bring the kind of development we see in the world today because humans seem faster in ingenuity when they are driven by fear. The point of the preceding presentation is to bring out the fact that every weapon, although designed to destroy, one's purpose changes can end up having positive application. This further goes to buttress that point I have always made that nothing is absolutely good or bad, but always, good and bad reside exclusively in intentions. Now as much as other nations eventually get to know the technology developed by one nation, because the purpose of the other nations are still destruction, it has somehow appeared that the originator of that technology always maintained an edge over the rest in its use. They somehow always know more about it than everyone else. Though every nation has an idea about all kinds of weapons, that nation from which it was developed always leads in its deployment and use. Due to this fact, when going up against a nation, it is not a good idea to battle with them where they are better than everyone else. It is wise to choose your battleground where you have advantage. It is generally better for you to use what you developed than what you copied from your enemies. Now, we are talking in this podcast about the weapons of our warfare. Now, not the weapons of all warfare but our own warfare as Christians just like every nation has weapons on which they have comparative advantage, we also have weapons which are unique to us, built for a unique purpose. Apostle Paul said something about these weapons in Second Corinthians 10 from verse 3 to 5 and it reads, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5 says, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, in this scripture, the apostle spoke of the weapons of our warfare, which we believe implies Christian warfare. Notice that he said, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. This means that though we are living in the physical, our warfare is not physical. He then goes on to describe what our warfare is about. He said, it's about pulling down strongholds, which are actually negative mindsets. It's about casting down imaginations or superstitions which are things that constitute a hindrance to knowing God. In short, it's all about mind control. The summary of our warfare is that it's a battle for the mind. This is because as far as we are on this earth, we are what our mind says we are. So if we don't get it right in the mind, we cannot get it right at all. Just like with regular nations, our kingdom also has dedicated weapons developed by our own to achieve aims and objectives peculiar to our purpose. Though our enemies have their weapons, which are also powerful, we have ours as well. Already established previously, it is foolish to try to fight your enemy using weapons they develop it will be more likely that they will defeat you on their own battleground. Do not try to fight your enemy using the weapons of your enemy. This is because their weapons were developed for aims and objectives which are quite different from the aims and objectives of our own warfare. So we are more likely to be fulfilling the objective of the enemy when we deploy the weapons of the enemy. Now what are the aims and objectives of the enemy the bible says in john 10 10 and it reads that thief cometh not but to steal kill and to destroy i have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly this scripture is self-explanatory the purpose of our enemy is to steal kill and destroy on the other hand what is our objective well since we say we are followers of christ our objective has to be the same with christ's objective it is as that scripture says to bring life the objective of the enemy is to destroy but our objective is opposite to that of the enemy it is to bring life this means that we are not called to be destroyers but called to be repairers and life givers Therefore, our warfare is about fixing what has been damaged in the mind towards the purpose of a better life for people, and we can't do it using the weapons of the enemy, which are designed to destroy. Now, as we had said initially, it is possible to find creative uses for any weapon. So theoretically, one could take a weapon of the enemy and use it for good. However, as we have already established, that the designer of the weapon is likely to have more proficiency in their weapon. The bottom line here is that we need to learn to use the weapons of the kingdom to do the work of the kingdom. Now let me come to the very heart of this message. There is a dangerous trend going on in recent times within Christian circles where Christians are deploying the kinds of weapons used for witchcraft and all manner of curious acts meant for destruction in their prayers and other church activities. As a matter of fact, when you hear the kind of prayer points raised in many prayer sessions, you will hardly distinguish them from witches. The only thing that makes you recognize them as Christians is that they do it all in the name of Jesus. They pray for people to die in the name of Jesus. They send fire in the name of Jesus. They use enchantments on the ground in the name of Jesus. They use mirrors and coffins to pray in the name of Jesus. They send confusion to what they refer to as the camp of the enemy in the name of Jesus. All manner of things which have nothing to do with the life-saving mission of our Lord Jesus Christ is done in the name of Jesus. And the question now becomes, who sent these people to do these things? It cannot be Jesus. Because Christ died for the sin of sinners and forgave those who crucified him on the cross. How then can the same person send you to pronounce death on people? and send fire and judgment on the same sinners he gave his life for. This is very confusing. Does it now go to mean that whatever you imagine to do in the name of Jesus was ordered by Jesus? Consider this further. If they are not doing it for Christ, then who are they doing it for? Remember that the scripture said that the thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy, but our Lord has come to give life. Is it not then reasonable to assume that if they are not doing Christ's work, then they are actually doing the enemy's work? The common excuse usually given by these people oftentimes is that what they are doing is working. In fact, they publish testimonies regularly. Of course it works, it's the enemy's weapons designed for the purpose of the enemy to destroy. Remember that thieves and robbers also get rich by destroying lives and possessing other people of their things. Can you then say that they are successful in the same way as an honest person? A certain man of God said, When purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. We need to identify the purpose for which we are called for us to be able to achieve it. According to 2 Corinthians 5.19, we are not called to be destroyers but called to be agents of reconciliation. So the fact that you can destroy and prosper doing it does not make you successful from a Christian perspective. Rather, it makes such individuals a problem to the kingdom. Search the scriptures as you may. You will never find examples where many of these things have been used to achieve anything good. Yet, there has been over the years a massive importation of practices from other belief systems into Christian culture, which have been used to simulate progress, thereby turning our focus onto selfish ends. With all that have been said here, the question at this time will then be how can we fight against our enemy when our weapon gives life and their own destroys? It certainly appears as if the enemy has a comparative advantage over us, which is an obvious dilemma, requiring an elevation in our thinking to figure out. But don't be deceived by a carnal mindset. Bible says that though the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are mighty, superior to that of the enemy, if you understand how to apply it. So join me again for the concluding part of this series to discover first of all who the enemy is, also to learn the actual weapons of the kingdom and the proper way to deploy them to achieve the aims and objectives of the kingdom of Christ. So until the next time God bless you richly In Jesus' mighty name I pray Thank you so much for listening And God bless you We hope you were blessed by these teachings For inquiry, support and contributions Kindly send us an email On epignosis721 at gmail.com You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 234-80-3577-3659 We would love to hear from you. God bless you.